Thanks for joining us in the podcast today. Thank you today. for listening. Lisa and I are having a conversation uh, Dr. Steve around Paul. the topic of and I'm Lisa uh, sadness. Paul. And we are dedicated and to having conversations I think, for that us cultivate connection in our life circumstances or Thank situations you for joining us. That, that particularly uh, you, Lisa, have been experiencing, but also for both of us. So we've titled this podcast Being Kind to Sadness. And uh, I think one of the, the hopes in this conversation is to create a bit of clarity maybe, uh, but also some insight into uh, the value, the importance, uh, uh, not necessarily necessity, but how uh, core parts of us that feel sad often in our culture uh, might be minimized or dismissed or ignored. And uh, so I think one of the, uh, I think important parts of this conversation is to validate the emotion of sadness. Uh, What is sadness? Uh, How does it reveal itself? Also spending some time talking about our own story around sadness, meaning our own family of origin. Uh, What was the messaging around sadness? Because all of that, play such a crucial part uh, in how we navigate sadness well. I think it's also important to highlight that uh, when we do our workshops, uh, when we talk to groups, do some teaching around emotion, uh, we'll often say, hey, let, let's check in about what are, what are the four primary emotions, uh, the, the four primary emotions that each of us uh, is born with. And I think right off the right off the bat, people will say, Usually something like uh, happy or joyful, uh, anger, uh, maybe sadness is thrown in there. And then the fourth one is is fear. So we have four primary emotions. Happy, joy, uh, same. Uh, anger slash frustration. The third one is fear. And the fourth is sadness. And we could think about it just for a moment from a child's perspective that, that of course sadness is, is innate. And as we grow older, sometimes there's something about sadness uh, that is seen as less than, uh, is seen as little to no value. Uh, what's 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 important about it? Why why does it matter? How come we are intentional uh, about talking about sadness? Is because it is part of our marriage. It's part of life together, at times, and how we cope with it, be kind to it, respond to it is part sometimes of the struggle, I think, for many of us. Yeah, I think it's important to pay attention to our own messaging around sadness. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's kind of a little journey I've been on for probably the last year, year and a half of learning how to engage sadness for myself and realizing what maybe my messaging has been. And so I think understanding where we're at with sadness and, you know, why is sadness singled out out of those four emotions? I think it's the one that is least desirable. It's kind of one of those ones that we want to push it off to the side or we want to, you know, rationalize it or explain it away or minimize it. And especially if we grew up in a family where those things were true. Mm -hmm. And I especially um, grew up in one of those families. And so sadness was one of the much harder emotions for me to accept in my own self and much less be able to engage it in our marriage. And so I think it's kind of a two-part. You know, we kind of begin to pay attention to how do we engage our own sadness and then how do we, are we able to offer it to one another Mm -hmm. um, and engage engage it with each other? Yeah, maybe, are you okay sharing a little bit about, I don't know what the 
maybe state of sadness is for you these days? Yeah, I think, you know, sadness can have different categories. And for me, it's been a year of uh, loss and grief and, you know, some good loss, but often our body translates any kind of loss as um, stressful and difficult. And so, you know, our last child went off to college and that's wonderful and, and we celebrate that, but also, you know, there's a kind of an emptiness and it kind of comes up once in a while where I feel sad. I feel the loss of that part of our life where we mm -hmm. have our children around and our family looks different now. And yeah. so there's a little bit of loss with that. I also have, I'm grieving my dad who's been um, diagnosed with dementia and is in memory care. And so there's a loss there too. And so it's kind of a, a mix of grief and loss. And, and it seems like in this journey over the last year and a half, I've, um, I've noticed that it comes up often at times when you don't expect it to, mm -hmm. and you, you might be having a great day. And then all you of a sudden, you mean the feeling, just the feelings, they mm -hmm. kind of rise, you know, yeah. and you're not necessarily expecting them to, right. maybe, maybe the day you think you're going to feel really sad, you don't. And so it's mm -hmm. unpredictable. And I think it also makes you feel, um, you know, maybe something's wrong with me. Why, why am I feeling sad right now? Why am I feeling grief? Why am I feeling loss? And I think... Um, but, but, but also what has been true for you, and I think for many of us, is that sometimes we don't know why we feel what we feel. And meaning it just, like you said, it catches us off guard that we might wake up with a sense of sadness, disappointment. Uh -huh. There's this lingering of something and we can't always pinpoint or be clear about what it is it, it just is and sometimes sadness is present and there's all not always an event there's not always an experience uh, there's not always a, a precipitating event or a precipitating experience for you it has been you know the loss of uh our third child going to going away to college and and for you for lisa it's it's more of a sadness for me it's more of oh, i don't know if i could say happy or joy but like uh, relief you know, and that we finally have some time together. And I think sometimes couples can experience events or experiences in different ways. They might have a different emotional response. Uh, and, and of course there is tremendous sadness and grief around the shift and change for your father, mm -hmm. who is also, I would say a second father to me. Uh, and so there's, there's, there's a, a sense of sadness and feeling sad on, on his behalf, our behalf of losing connection with him, which is what grief is. And grief is often connected to some form of loss without consent. There's, it, it, our body can react to grief and to loss similarly in the way that it wants to and does react to trauma. Uh, that sometimes that the overwhelming sense of sorrow uh, is part of what we're naming as grief slash sadness. And and I think as we have named in so many different ways in other podcasts, is to be aware of again what is what is the messaging that we grew up with, particularly in this conversation, for you and I and us, as we pay attention to, what was my message around sadness? Maybe you could share a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because of my mother and father's journey for sadness, it was something that they really wanted to minimize mm -hmm. and keep out of our life. And, you know, it was all for good reason. We want to be hopeful. We want to be happy. And I think a lot of times in parenting, we... We want that for our children, and so we may unwittingly minimize their sadness because we want them to feel happy. And so we might, the way we word things or the way we say things, and so um, 
What would you say, though, for you was the direct message around the sadness? Like when you felt, when your body felt sad, what would you say was the messaging? Um, I, I think it almost alluded to maybe something's wrong with me. You know, mm -hmm. maybe you shouldn't be feeling that. Maybe how can you change that? How can you work to um, feel happier and, and, and look on the bright side? And, you know, there could have been that kind of minimization yeah. going on. And so at a really young age... I felt that it was off limits really to be sad and, and how can I just change that? And so I really shut that part of me down mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And even though we can work really hard to, to shut those parts of us down, I think our, our body remembers yeah. and our body knows something's not right, not yeah. quite right. It's, it's like we're not really engaging the truth that our body mm -hmm. knows. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm in this process of regaining some of my younger sensations of sadness and trying to be more connected to them so that I can actually grieve and actually feel the loss without feeling like something's wrong with me. Yeah. And so it's a process. So we're all kind of in process right. and being able to engage with one another in the midst of that process is also another complexity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for, for you, for us, rewinding time and just pausing in this moment as we reflect what was the message around sadness uh what was implied what was uh named what wasn't how did the other uh respond to us when we felt sad uh i, I think for many many of us as boys growing up in culture uh there is often uh something is seen as less than uh toward him uh when sadness is present or when sadness is felt there's a fascinating book that I've used in a lot of uh, my teaching uh, at the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology. Uh, it's called Real Boys, written by William Pollock. Uh, as an MD, he studied uh, the way in which culture plays such a pivotal, vital role in the messaging, particularly toward boys around sadness, uh, that, that what is lost for a boy and girl, but in his writing, uh, being aware of the humiliation that a boy tends to experience when when he feels sad that somehow there's a often a public shaming sometimes private shaming of, of sadness mm -hmm. that he's seen as weak or pathetic uh or or less than mm -hmm. and so i think part of part of us again being aware of what what do i hold what's the cultural value uh what's the gender value what's the the ways in which we are uh experiencing sadness but maybe hide it dismiss it ignore it minimize it yes maybe connected to story yes connected to culture so it, there's a complexity to it in how we navigate it in our marriage uh, i know for 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 us it's been difficult at times you know the other day you know you woke up and we were having a, a cup of coffee together and you were sharing some of the the sadness that you felt particularly around your father and and it caught me off guard uh, i wasn't for some reason, I wasn't maybe in a, a space or place that I was aware of it or not so much ready for it, but just maybe didn't anticipate it. Mm -hmm. And I think for many couples, that's where it, the complexity is set into motion of sometimes I don't know how to respond. And and we've talked about that in other conversations is that sometimes we don't know how to respond and how can we be kind to that? But also in the, in the sadness what is it that we need or actually crave from the other? And I, I think that's why we titled this is we long for kindness when we are feeling sad. Would mm -hmm. you say that's true for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think my fear, just given my background and um, the way that I grew up, that my fear is that, you know, there will be 
it'll be noticed that something's wrong with me or why can't you just put that aside and can't we just make this a good day or can't we just be happy right now? And um, and so if I'm met by any sort of um, expectation that something's wrong with that or that I shouldn't be sad right now, um, I'm already finding against it in myself. And so then if I feel that from you, right. it it even you know underscores that even more that, oh, wow, something is really wrong with me. Why can't I get it together? And it really you know, pushes you in that direction where now I just, now I'm undone because sadness is one of those feelings that is core to who we are. It's in our, it's in our body, right? Our body feels it. And so it's something, if we're going to shut it down, it's going to, it's going to come at some cost. You know, I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel it in some part of my body. I'm going to feel it, you know, it's going to move to other, it's going to come out somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so I think even though this sounds like such a simple conversation, I think the point is, is that when we can make space for that, when we can make space for sadness, this is what we have found. And this is what I'm finding when I can make space for that sadness um, and acknowledge it. Yeah. I can, I can be ready to move on. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of us, when we might hear make making or giving space to, to sadness, we might think, what, why would, why would we want to be intentional about giving space to sadness? How, how, how could that actually be helpful? Who wants to actually feel sad? And, and and many of us, it's not like we sign up feeling sad. It's not like we want to wake up saying, I want to feel sad today. Uh, but it, are, it is our, our our natural way of being in the world at times. Meaning, it, uh, let's remember, it's innate. It's part of how we're wired. It's part of how we are created uh, when we enter into this world. And so I think just to be aware of, sometimes in the, this, yes, the it's not a simple space or place of making space or being kind to sadness, it's its counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense to us, especially when Lisa's feeling sad and I don't know what to do. Uh, we, we There's not necessarily something to do with sadness. We can't take it away. We can't make it better. We can't stop what's happening or what did happen. And so I think there's a futility associated with sadness, which is often part of why we might be resistant to it. Mm-hmm. Or, or just there's this response of, how can I make you happy? I, I'm going to, you know, yeah. try to like, what, what can we do today that'll sure. make you happy? Which, and- which are good. Let's, let's really, again, go back to those are, those are out of good intent. Right. Yeah. Good intent. And it's, and it's intuitive. Right. Like that's what I, that's what we maybe tried to engage for years at the beginning of our right. marriage. We tried to just make each other happy. And mm-hmm. now we're, we're really finding value in, wow, let's just pause for a minute. It looks, you know, it seems like this is, you're still feeling sad about this. I mean, there was a time you know, when your mom died and you, you went through grief and Mm -hmm. there was just, and it kind of felt like some days like, oh, we're here again, you know, and, and it wasn't a judgment, but it almost felt like sometimes, oh, you're not through with that yet, or you're still going through that. You know, it can be a loss of a job. It can be a, it can be a frustration with a job. You Mm -hmm. know, I think for men, sometimes in their profession, feeling like they're not quite at the place where they want to be. And there's kind of this underlying sadness that doesn't get addressed Mm -hmm. because, it's just not culturally mm-hmm. um, popular to address sadness in that way, but it can be so helpful to say, wow, I think I'm really f- feeling the loss here, I'm feeling some grief about this and taking some space for it. And, <laughs> yeah, when you say that, I, I just, I, I'm imagining for those listening, what? Like, I, why would I want to take space or create space uh, for sadness to occur or be experienced? And, and I think part of that natural resistance is be, because we really can't do 
quote unquote something about it,、mm-hmm. and that's the that's the difficulty, the complexity of sadness. Is what we need in sadness is to to sense that the other's present in it, that there's not a judgment or an evaluation.、Uh, oh, I, if you could watch, watch us, us through, yeah, moving、of. us through. Like I'm, I like sometimes we might want to look at our watch when the other is in the midst of sadness. Like, okay,、um, how much longer? Like there's a there's a need、mm-hmm. or a desire to hurry and get through it, which is just natural.、Uh, it, it's it, sadness is a reflection of suffering, and none of us choose to suffer. It's not like we wake up and say, "I want to suffer today. I want to be sad today." It's a natural response to an event or an experience. And you, you've been reading、uh, Try Softer, right? That book, and、yeah. you have a you read last night even a quote from I think Brene around emotion or emotion and sadness. Yeah, I'm I'm reading a book called Try Softer. I'd really recommend it. It's by Andy Kolber, and、um, there is one section about trying softer with our emotions, and it did start with a a quote. With Brene Brown,、um, and it says most of us were not taught how to recognize pain, name it, and be with it. And I would say、so、you could put sadness in there. We were not taught to recognize sadness, to name it, and be with it、mm-hmm. for sure.、Um, but when we know,、um, but what we know is that when we deny our emotion, it owns us. When we own our emotions, we can rebuild and find our way through the pain.、Mm-hmm. I love that. I、yeah. think that's so appropriate for how we think and. Navigate sadness. That if we choose to not allow it, or create space, or give space, it becomes it. It owns us. Right.、Uh, it takes over, and we're not really aware of what's happening. Right. And so and it the, takes much longer to get through it if we、longer. just、mm-hmm. are letting it park along on its own without acknowledging it.、Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I love how she says it will own us.、Right. You know, and if we if we own it and we say, "Gosh, I actually think this is what's happening for me right now," name it. Be with it, you know. It doesn't have to be for a super long time, but you know, just sort of name it, let it be in the room, and be between each other,、um, because it it really is helpful to have the other.、Um, I I, I keep getting going back to making space for it, but I think having the other do that for you is just really helpful to say. I hear that this is what's going on for you. I hear you're feeling feeling loss. I hear you're you're feeling grief, and I'm tempted to want to move you through it, but. Let's sit with it for a minute. What do you need? Yeah, I think that's a helpful question、uh, to remind ourselves, but also those of you listening. And not so much as a a question with an answer, but a question as a wondering. I wonder what would be helpful, or I wonder what you might need. And it's okay for the other to not know. There's freedom to not know, and that's a part of the kindness. Is sometimes we don't know what we need when we feel sad, and that's okay. Sometimes we don't know what the other needs when they f- he or she feels sad. And part of that is just a, a, a pause and a, a collaboration, if you will, around "I wonder." I love that phrase. I think that's one of the most helpful phrases in navigating emotion.、Uh, I wonder what would be helpful. I wonder what you need.、Uh, and and sometimes that in and of itself is enough. And so our our hope, as we come to an end here, is that we could be mindful that sometimes just a, a few moments of pausing. Being with the other is enough, and it won't feel like enough. Often, it doesn't feel like enough, and I think that's the, the the difficulty of it is is there's not so much of a doing with the sadness, but a being with the other in the sadness.、Mm-hmm. And I really think the the key word here is kindness. If I, if we really put kindness with sadness, it sort of answers all those questions. Like I don't know what to do. I don't、mm-hmm. know what to be. But if if whatever it is, if it's kind. 
you know, whether the kindness is just a pause or if the kindness is a hug or a hand on the knee or just let me know what I need or can I just sit with you in this right now? Whatever it is, if it's kind, then it's going to really minister and help that person sort of be in that space for a little bit and then when the time comes to move through it. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us on the web at thereconnectinstitute.com. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Reconnect Marriage. <laughs>